Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. The OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. If that's just me with a freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. up everybody welcome to the OKS Hunter podcast we're coming at you from the OKS Hunter podcast studio here in Oconomowoc Wisconsin uh, we got a lot of folks in the midwest that tune in but we got people from all over the country as I understand it so if you're not from here welcome if you've never listened before welcome to the, what we call the shit show and uh <laughs> wouldn't be we wouldn't be doing what we do without the sponsors that we have so we always gotta uh do our call outs here um Spartan Forge, SpartanForge.ai, use code OHP for 25% off. The the level at which they're putting out their mapping application, their deer movement predictability, their pro staff is like some of the best hunters in the kind of space, if you will, that are educating people on how to hunt and how to get better at deer hunting. So align with us. And really the deer movement predictability piece as an OKS hunter is like, well, if I can, <laughs> anything I can do to put the odds in my favor is a good thing. And maybe it can help inform when I can take my PTO for the rut and that kind of stuff. But their satellite imagery is really impressive. We say that a lot, but if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. It's pretty um, crisp. Vector Custom Shop, welcome those guys on board last week. I still didn't get the discount code from Isaac. We are just honestly that busy, and it is what it is. Uh, and if you did text me and I'm supposed to have it, then I'm sorry, you guys. I'll, I'll add it in post-production. Um, and then also Latitude Outdoors. I, I got the, the saddle. It was down here, but now it's back upstairs. I was doing something with it. I have the Method 2, which is a two-piece system. modeling it for your wife? Yeah possible could be yeah i do like to hang out in the backyard and that thing and then she's like why are you out there so long I'm like, well i'm just testing stuff out <laughs> i'm just sitting in the tree quietly and it feels great um and i know you have the same one yep and you you were a little back and forth last season with yours yeah i went back and forth with uh with both the stand and the saddle so both are i'm, I'm comfortable in both okay. okay depends on where i'm going all right Go Wild is a good friend of ours. If you aren't on the Go Wild app, it's a social community, social commerce app uh, where you can review gear, post trophies and gripping grins. And unlike, you know, other social platforms, you're not going to be throttled or censored for that kind of stuff. It won't ban your account like on TikTok or say this is sensitive content on Instagram or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Or you're not going to get PETA chasing you down on Facebook that kind of stuff. None of that tomfoolery stuff. Yeah. Greg and I are both there. Okay, it's Hunter's there. Are you on Go Wild? I, I'm not, but yeah. it's interesting. I, I got on TikTok here not that long ago, and it took me my second video to ban community standards. Oh, <laughs> <that's the same. laughs> well done. You learn real quick what you yeah. can cannot get away yeah. with over there. Yeah, I said, oops. Funny. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, perhaps I should go uh, get on a Go Wild. Yeah, it's, so. a, it's a positive community, really. It, yeah. it truly is. And, and 
you know, it really is all concentrated on all things outdoors. Yeah. So not just hunting, but when you post, you have to kind of pick your what's called a trail mix. Okay. And then there's different like big game, duck, goose. Yeah. You know, everything. Morel, no. fishing, hiking, pod. You can record. Let you can say, oh, I listen to a podcast, and that's connected to all of the podcast feeds. Oh, cool. And they'll just dump it in there and say, oh, I listen to OKS Hunter for there's whatever is going on long. in it. Yeah, oh, it's check it out. Cool. It's pretty neat. One thing, and, and you know, not to just dwell on TikTok, but man, the positivity of that community compared to the rest of the social media, it's uh-huh. unreal. Well, it's a younger community. Go, yeah. go figure yeah. that the younger generation is a little yeah. bit more positive. Yeah, and it was you guys that, you know, I'm like, oh, hell, I'm going to try this. Yeah. So okay. I'm probably one of the oldest guys on there. But uh... <laughs> yeah, Everyone makes fun of me. Eric, what are you doing on TikTok? You're 36. I'm like, well, hey, you know, I got, I got other reasons to be there, you know. Right. But right. uh, we might as well tell people who the hell we're talking with. Yeah. Uh, John Stelflew with The Hunt in Common. Yeah. You uh, were introduced to OKS Hunter through our friend Doug, Doug Duran. Correct. Uh, I don't know why I said Doug, Doug Duran. Doug, Doug. Doug, Doug. Doug, Doug. What's that? It's from, uh, uh, which one is that? The Hangover. Yeah. My best friend, Doug. Uh, give him a best friend hug. <laughs> we're not going to give Doug a hug. <laughs> you might. Well, maybe. <laughs> but he's a towering man. He's actually. He's a big boy. He's a big dude. He's mm-hmm. not short. He's pretty. Yeah, and he's got his stature about him. Yeah, uh, and he's a bit of an intellect and a and a ball buster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. And he's got some giant friends too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You get together one, with that whole. That, if you that get lab, together with that whole crew that over whole there. Crew is is uh, giant Norsemen from yeah. from the Driftless area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, he said, "Oh, are you?" He was on our show. Yep. And then you listen to where he ends up on mm-hmm. different podcasts, and that's yeah. how you came to know us. And obviously, you're sitting here. So yeah, uh, yep, yeah. Dog and I kind of became friends through this whole thing and i kind of listened to his podcast and i heard this and then i started going back through and i'm like man you guys got a great message I, you know and i appreciate you guys doing what you do i really do thank um, you it's it's a message that needs to be heard in this space um and i just wanted to thank you guys for that before we get into to get in what i'm into what i'm doing but it's it's important and and i've told as many people as i can because you know to go through what you went through with the shaming that's just not cool. There's just no time for it in this space. Yep. It was my first bow kill that I got shamed for, and it was a doe fawn. So, mm-hmm. you know, I felt goofy enough about it already. I already had some, like, internal dialogue with myself, mm-hmm. like, ah, dang it, you know. But it was a proud moment. Yep. And then, yeah, so you, you, you heard the story. But um, yep. so I guess, I mean, thank, you, I think you left us a review recently also. Yeah. Which was very nice of you. Mm-hmm. I get really uh, excited when reviews come Yeah. Through. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I screenshot. I send them to Greg and Tyler. And yeah. Greg, I'm like, look at what people listen. Sweet. <laughs> We're, it, All right. A, it's That's good that we one. come here every Tuesday. Yeah. Well, and and <laughs> you know, look, I I chuckle at the screw ups. I chuckle at you know all the okayest moments, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I love about what you guys do, and I'm thrilled to be here. You know, and and we we spend we're. In this hunting and fishing space, and I spend a lot of time fishing. We spend way too much time on perfection, and and uh, in in my opinion, we spend way too much time on perfection and size and big and and ego and and all that kind of stuff. And you guys are stripping all that away, and I think it's cool as hell. Yeah, you know, I really do. Humor so, humor is a good tool to use because it's uh, not as abrasive as like a hammer, right? Oh we're yeah, not trying to combat it fire with fire, but we're trying to show yeah. the lighter side of things. And over the kind of melts away some of those layers. It's kind of like breaking bread. You know, you can't be mad at someone you're sitting there eating food with them, especially if right. you've got starving belly or having a PBR with. There you go, right. like yeah. pork chop in a can. I guess that right. counts for something. You betcha. Right. Yeah, but so yeah, yeah. yeah, as I've gotten older, my my message and my thought process every time I go in the field is the experience is more important than the end result. You know, and I keep that I keep that front of mind, not back of mind. I keep that front of mind every single time I go in the field. You know, because I'm just thankful to be out there, whether I'm hunting, whether I'm fishing. You know, thankful that I have the ability to, you know, not only the financially being able to do it, 
and the support of my wife, who I always want to thank her every chance I get when I'm in a situation like you this, bet. because we've been together 33 years. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff. So God bless her. Thank you, Carolyn. And uh, so anytime I'm out there, I'm just thankful to be on the front deck of my boat or up on a tree stand or in a turkey blind. You know, that's yeah. it's just the experience is more important than the end result. Well, you, you know? know, you said uh, when we were kind of just kind of getting started here that uh, you you were listening to like Mark Kenyon's podcast and Mediator mm-hmm. and some of those. And I didn't I didn't realize. So we, we got to be on Wired to Hunt a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. We've had Mark on here before, but I didn't know that Mark interviewed Ryan Holiday, who is a modern day Stoic philosopher. I've read every one of his books. One mm-hmm. of them is Stillness is the Key. So when you talk about the experience being uh, more important than the outcome. To me, that's stillness is the key. It's being still and appreciating the moment that you're in mm-hmm. and not thinking about what's going to happen next necessarily, and not ruminating on the past, but taking a second to like the sun is coming through the pines and the wind is blistling through that. And, you know, the, the woods are coming to life and, and those types of things. You yep. take a lot of that for granted. And I think as we're getting older, we're starting to just appreciate the fact that, hey, we're here. Mm-hmm. We're here now. And Maybe tomorrow we don't wake up and we don't get to experience that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As you get older, people start to perish and you're like, holy yeah. crap, I'm not invincible. You know? Yeah. This could yeah. be me. Right. So it gets like alarming. You have to start to kind of reset your expectations and what you think about things. At least that's how I feel anyways. Yeah. Same with me, you know, and uh, I don't want to say I'm on the backside of life, but I certainly am uh, probably over over the halfway point. So over the hill, as they say, you know, um, I would have just, to, I'd have to go to 107 in order to, uh, to, to double up where I'm at now. Right. So, and hell if I do that, so, you know, that'd be great, but, uh, well seasoned. Yeah. But it, you know, it's, as I've gotten older, as my kids have grown and gone, as my dad passed, as hunting camps have, you know, come together and broken, which look, that's part of hunt, man, you know, all I just, I had carry around all those memories of the turkey camps and the deer camps and the fishing trips. And when I had my guide business for muskies, you know, I carry around all those memories and no matter what happens, man, nobody can take those memories away from me. And that's important. And, and that's one of my goals with a hunt in common is to be able to, to pass that on to people that don't have the ability to, to hunt and fish like I have, I've had, sure. you know, that's, that's my number one goal is to, to hopefully get other hunters in into this and they have the same memories at when they're my age that I have now. Yeah. It's indelible uh, to have those memories. I I've always, I'm not always said, but I've often said if there's a kid playing a video game, let's say it's call of duty or where the hell they're playing these days, Roblox. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, you know, the biggest memories inside of that console on that screen won't be remembered at all. It's like, it's not something that's stuck in your brain, but, even the smallest memory outdoors, catching a frog, mm-hmm. like will stick with you forever. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. And I think that's why the kids should have some more exposure to nature in different ways. And that's hunting or, you know, whatever the, the gateway is to that. Maybe yeah. it is catching frogs or tadpoles or I turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we caught a big old snapper cross the road the other day. My kids were like freaking out about it. It was awesome. We saved yeah. a painted turtle the other day before that. And they're like, what's with all the turtles, dad? I'm like, we got to save these turtles. You know, I love saving turtles. That time of year. It is. <clears throat> um, it really is. Yeah. We, I remember we got uh, chewed out a little bit for helping a, a soft shell. Yeah, the lake, but it, it was laying next. So we're like, oh, oh, yeah. I guess we didn't save it. We might have caused a problem. It's funny. <laughs> it's like right down the road from that same spot, there was a pair of them in the gravel shoulder doing their thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were both digging holes and laying eggs. Yeah. So, right by the road. Cool. So tell us a little bit about the hunt in common, the, the mission, kind of where you're at, how you got to where you're at, 
the agenda, the the all of that. Like, let's just start from. Yeah, it's a lot. I ask questions in, in like five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. that, which which is fine because it's it. I'll just I'll just roll with it, right? So, yep. it, it all started through a podcast that Ben O'Brien had, and if you don't know who Ben is, he worked for uh, worked for Meat Eater for a number of years. His podcast was a hunting collecto. And I became a real big fan of the Honey Collective podcast because Ben was, he was not afraid to tackle the real tough issues, right? And Ben always talks about exploring the shadowy corners, right? And so I really enjoyed his podcast. And one, in, in, he would spend the first 15, 20 minutes reading listener emails, okay? That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. We don't get any of those. <laughs> I'll send you one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> send I got to write that down. Hey, got one. <laughs> um, so, but he would, he would, you know, spend time reading listener emails, you know, and a lot of it was reaction to last week's podcast. But this one email came from a gentleman by the name of Juan Carlos. And Juan was out east, I think Smoky Mountains or someplace. So if I got Juan, where Juan's location, if I got that wrong, I apologize. But he, um, he needed a mentor mm-hmm. and, and he said, Hey, you know, love your show, we wrote in, looking for someone to help me, you know, learn learn to hunt. So Ben read on read that on the podcast, said, hey, if we got anybody in Juan's area, let's get him out in the woods. Well, several people connected with Juan. They took Juan out in the woods, and um, they took Juan hunting. And then they wrote back into Ben. Ben read that on the air, and he kind of chuckled and said, oh, we have our first uh, regional chapter. Ah, of, of the honey collective okay, sure so it was at first it was very much tongue-in-cheek um and and then he he said if you're interested in being a leader of a regional chapter you know write in and i'm going to get into a little bit of history of how i ended up writing in but i've had 40 years of hunting experience okay I t- just touched on it a little bit with the turkey camps and the deer camps i've been in and my girls are growing and gone my father's passed. It was time for me to give back. And I've always liked helping others out. For many years, I was a hunter education instructor uh, when I was younger. Then for a number of years, I had a guide business, a uh, muskie fishing guide up in northern Wisconsin. I always enjoyed, you know, teaching people and helping people. But I never lived in the, in the big city. And when I moved to Madison, and I live in Madison, but I also work in Milwaukee, I met all kinds of people who don't know anything about hunting. And people who are interested in hunting and i thought man i got to figure out a way to help these folks out and other folks like them who who want to hunt and i was racking my brain thinking how can i do this you know do i want to start an organization but i didn't have the horsepower to or you know sure and that's where it becomes a pretty pretty big task and you kind of you, you start having second thoughts and doubting it and yeah you just go yeah i probably shouldn't mess with that and then when this hit the horizon i'm like well we got the horsepower of ben o'brien you know, guy who works at Meat Eater, and, you know, we th- this would be great. So I, I raised my hand, and I got selected. And then as those chapter leaders, I think right now we're at 42 chapters across the nation. Um, I'll get into that stuff a little bit later, but as this thing started, it was real loose. I mean, it was. That's how it has to start, right? Yeah, we were just Facebook pages. We got to get some validation. Yep, we were just Facebook pages, and, you know, I mean, this thing over not not overnight but i would say within the course of a month probably from about mid april to mid may basically a year and a half ago so we're just a little over a year old we went from just a couple of guys you know a handful of leaders 40 some leaders raising their hands saying yeah i want to be a leader to five thousand members on these facebook pages 
And then we all started talking and we're like, we, we have something here. And Ben started to talk to folks in, in the hunting space because of who he knows. And they all told him, and I said, yeah, you guys really have something here. You, you, need, to, you need to harness this. This is lightning in a bottle. You, get, you guys need to harness this thing. And so we formalized, man, and we're now a licensed 501c3, and, and uh, um, we've got officers, we've got board members, um, we're, we're nationwide, and we're really, we're really getting this thing off the ground and, and really going to kick this thing into high gear soon where the website's going to launch. Um, so it, uh, it's taken us a little bit longer than I would have liked. But the big reason for that is just how difficult starting something like this is and corralling this. And well, everyone in a small organization, whether that's a startup or a you know, nonprofit, you're wearing a lot of hats mm-hmm. and you're usually doing something else still, yeah. which makes it really hard and it extends the time. And we all got full time jobs, you know, and missing deadlines was very, very common for each and every one of us, you know, just, just because, you know, we're, we got full time jobs. Yeah. Sorry, know. guys. Got to, I got to, you know, do yeah. this uh, presentation or meet this client or yeah. you know, get this thing done. Family things come up too. Yep. yep. All kinds of stuff, you know, yep. but, uh, but yeah, right now we're, we are, we're on the verge of launching the, there's, there's a website out there now. It's a huntingcommon.org. It's a splash page. Um, you can go on there and put your information on, information on there, but, Within a week or two, we're going to have um, the full-blown website up. Probably two to three weeks, we'll have the full-blown website up. Mm-hmm. And um, it's... That's good. Know. It's right before hunting season. Kind, I mean, kind of, right? Like, it's going to get here quick. Well, yeah. You know, out west, things start, out, out west, things start in August, you know? Yep. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll have the website up and running here shortly. Um, we've all looked at proofs of it. Um, the, the framework's done. We just got to put some finishing touches on it, um, you know? So, excuse me, but uh, it's it's been a lot, a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of the, the, just a, the footnotes, the framework, the framework of yep. it, but the, the whole mentor mentee relationship, um, that we're going for is completely different than what a lot of other organizations are going for. Didn't, and if, I just happened to see like a single post. And you know, when you open up your social media, sometimes you see a post and then the reloads and that's gone. You're like, yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. And you got to scroll forever and you still can't find the damn thing. You're like, what? Yeah. I wanted to see that. Why did it run away from mm-hmm. me? Um, I, I think the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation just put out that they have some course mm-hmm. for mentorship for elk hunting. Yeah. Right. Which is do. a hard thing to tackle. Mm-hmm. And we ask a lot of questions about elk hunting uh, oh. quite frequently because it's something that I think we romanticize about and want to go do. Yeah. Same. And hopefully like take the leap at some point here for crying out loud. If anyone wants to you know, think it's all thing. Um, yeah. but to that point, how are you different? What you mentioned to me and Greg right in the beginning here was mm-hmm. that this is and what I put in the description is it's a it's a program that is not one and done. So can yeah. you describe that a little bit? Yeah, and and it's kind of hard. It's not hard to describe, but when I describe it, I don't want anyone to think I'm saying anything disparaging in regards to what is known as one and dones. Yep. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're not putting anybody else down. Yeah. We're not. No, because those are important. Okay. The, 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 and, and I've been a part of some one and dones. Okay. The folks had great weekends. They had, they had a great time. They got to eat some wild game. They got to see some wild game or some fishing or whatever, whatever the course was. But as I did these, and I've done several of them, um, as I did these one and dons, 
you drive away and you're like, well, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? They have nothing. Mm -hmm. They saw what I did. I told them what I did, but they don't know where I go to do it. Yep. They don't know how I do it. They don't have the equipment that I have. So that was the whole premise behind the hunt in common. And as we got this thing going, we're like, look, if we're going to do this, this isn't going to be a one and done type thing. We're not interested in doing that. And look, there's been studies that have proven that one and dones are just that. They don't work. They're not sustainable to get people into the outdoors long term. Like long term behavior and habits. Right. At that point, you got to kind of drill in a little bit further. Right. I think. But so we've written a whole program. And, you know, look, not everyone has to go through it. Not everyone has to go through it start to finish. Okay. But I got a young man who I'm working with and and he's been through it start to finish, you know, kind of crash coursed it, but he's been through it start to finish. And I would, I would consider him a friend and a, and a hunter. You know, he's been on a couple different hunts with me, both times he's harvested wild game, but step one in our program is folks have to read uh, San County Almanac by Aldo Leopold and they have to read the North American model of wildlife conservation by uh, Shane Mahoney and Valerius Geist. Okay. Sure. So I don't know if you ever seen, I don't know if you ever seen the North American model. I don't know if you have a real copy of it. It's a college textbook, boys, you know. So so what kind of stuff is in there? Just just uh, to expand on it for a minute. Yeah, there's the there's tenants to um, the North American model of wildlife conservation. And I should know them off the top of my Oh, don't worry, like we're not going to quiz you here at the but, OK Center podcast. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take good. a drink of beer yeah. and wash that one down. Yeah, that's, that's good because I, <laughs> I don't know them. But it just it just talks about um, the fact that uh, you know wild game is held in, is owned by the public. Um, talks about science. We'll use science to manage wild game. Mm-hmm. Um, all all the types of things that you know. If you're a fan of kind of the 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 movement that I'll just say it, the movement the meat eater has created. You know that's that's kind of all based on you know you're going to eat your wild game those, those types of things. Yeah, but. There's a lot to it. I mean, it's it's a thick textbook. I ordered myself a copy. I'm one cheap, but I'm glad I have a copy of it. So, you think, because it's that type of book, do you, are there? Do you think there's any curriculum around it? Do, do you guys think that's something that you would formulate, like quizzes, tests, so forth? Like we haven't you can navigate that book in a yeah, uh, we, structured manner. We haven't ever talked about it, but either look, it's probably not a bad idea because there. I mean, it's either the book or nothing. One of those forty leaders is going to get that workload. Yeah. <laughs> so whoever it is, tell them I'm sorry. Yeah. But. You know, college is a pain in the ass. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I went to college, I graduated, and uh, I hated most of it just because I didn't like academia. Like, I like practical things, and then you got me doing these exercises, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is frustrating. I want to go do the thing. Um, but that being said, I, there's certain parts I enjoyed. Like, I loved philosophy, which is really weird. It's like the most bullshit thing in the world. Here's a statement. Let's dissect mm-hmm. it and go in a giant circle and realize how dense that really was. And those exercises were really good. That's how you actually learn something. Mm-hmm. So if I were to read that book, it's pro- it doesn't sound like a cover-to-cover book. It sounds like a, no, what are the no. chapters I should pay attention to and stuff yeah. like that? You can literally, if you know if you know the the tenants, you know, the main tenants, you, you'll get it, right? And and I think the biggest one that, that everyone takes away from when they look at it for the first time is the, the fact that we need to rely on science, right? And too often, especially in our lovely state, too often policies and procedures are made not based on science. Sure. You know, and it's, and it's unfortunate, you know, Well, if you can get more objective about various things and have data to back it and make data informed decisions, I think that's where like, you know, what, what is it called in science? A hypothesis, uh, an educated 
it's not even an educated, it's an educated guess. guess. Mm-hmm. You're collecting some data, and then there's a community of peers that review it to validate. Oh, is that good or not? Let's test it also. Yep. Um, so that's interesting. Yep. And and so then you know that's the first step, and then and then we move them all the way through from from you know seasons to game identification to to preseason scouting to to stand selection to actual to actual hunting. Um, and then if we're lucky, you know, we're lucky enough to harvest game, um, you know, field dressing, field, field processing a game, then um, skinning and butchering. And then look, the final chapter is a, uh, is, you know, basically a graduation dinner, if you will, with the mentee and the mentor. And my, my mentee, his name's Andrew. Um, I took him last year, we went turkey hunting. First time he's got a really interesting story, and do you mind if I tell it quick? No, go. For it. We got time, yeah. So he's got a he's got an interesting story. I met this young man years ago, uh, probably five six years ago, and he he wasn't a hunter. And I was sitting, I was sitting. I hunt basically where I grew up. So when I go hunting, I stay at my mom's. Okay, God bless her. And uh, <laughs> where's that at? Uh, not, not specifically, but generally. no. I, hell, I'll tell you the town. She I don't care. Uh, Ettrick, Wisconsin, Tremble County. It's oh, all private land. Okay. You know, there's a so. business up there, Tremble County, right? Don't they make the no Tremble? What am I thinking of the cases? You're thinking of Flambeau. Flambeau. Yeah. yeah okay. Yep. Yeah. Not yeah. Totally different. But, but yeah. So I was born and raised in a little bitty town, and you know, it's all private land, and I got family up there that owns land and buddies and things like that. So you know, I'm very, very fortunate. Thank, thank you to every each and every one of you guys. If any of you are listening, for allowing me access. So, um, but so I was at my mom's, and I got a text message, and. It's a nice eight point buck and, you know, very similar to that one right there. Real nice sure. deer. And I'm like, and it, and it came from Andrew and I, and I didn't quite recognize him. It was cold. It was a snowy and he had a lot of headgear on. And, and I said, who is that? He said, well, that's me. I said, well, I didn't even know you hunted. He <laughs> said, I took it up this year. Huh. I said, well, congratulations, man. That's a hell of a buck, you know, really great job. And then the t- then it was just just text after text after text. Oh yeah, t- telling yeah, yeah, me yeah. the story, and I just I sat in front of the fire at mom's drinking a beer, reading this, and it just it absolutely warmed my warmed my soul. It was so so touching to hear this from him. And then as a hunting comment got going, I thought, man, he'd be a perfect one to to bring through this uh, this this program, you know. And he'd one hundred percent raise his hand, and you know, and we used his turkey hunt. We took him all the way through it you know, start to finish and he harvested a bird and, uh, we, you know, field, you know, with turkeys, there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, field care with them, right. You carry them out of the woods. And, mm-hmm. but then when we got to mom's, you know, I showed him how to process it. And the cool thing about Andrew is he was a box butcher at a big box store. So he, he knows, he understands the anatomy of, yes. of, uh, he of knows how to cut. Yep. He knows Chad, how to cut. I don't so know at all. people are like, don't you feel this? I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I just, it doesn't compute for me really well. Yeah. But what he doesn't doesn't know how to do is break it down from a full carcass to something he can deal with. Right. So he was very very interested in what I was going to do with a turkey, you know. And I so I asked him. I said, "What do you want to do with it? Do you want to roast the thing whole?" He said, "No, I don't." I said, "Well, then we're going to skin it, and then you'll be able to you'll be able to see what Hard you're doing." Out. Yep. And and then we did. And hell, he took over. You know. That's cool. Yeah, he yeah. knew his way around a blade pretty well. Yeah, he took I love over. watching those guys work, yeah. man. Yeah, he, you know, he, you know, I, I did one, you know, just one breast, and then he took over, got the breast, the wings, of, uh, thighs, you know, legs. Th- thighs, legs, and yep. neck if you want it. Yep, and and then uh, I'm like, look, man, I said one of the, in my opinion, 
one of the most special treats for uh what with wild turkey i don't know if you guys do this or not is a heart and liver uh, i mean I, 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 I got a buddy that's big into it i he cooked it and i tried it and it was it wasn't bad i've had duck hearts i've had duck livers yeah. those aren't bad um i, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite thing mm-hmm. to eat yeah. everybody's different though right yeah and and yeah. gizzard too we tried the gizzard and that yeah. thing was so dang tough yeah that's the thing with the gizzards are so tough but i wouldn't know i haven't gotten a turkey i'm, <laughs> just, I'm a liver i'm a work very hard next year yeah i'm a i'm a liver guy anyway but the the wild turkey liver is one of the most tasty livers i've ever eaten and so we mm. cooked that up um andrew um myself my mom you know just lightly floured it sauteed it with some butter and onions sure and uh, i got one little piece of it gone Andrew's bird. Andrew ate it. So yeah, that's it, great. Yeah, it was it was really cool. It was. I got a picture of him, and and I was after he shot the bird. Um, I was we were down hunting, and I was kind of taking everything down, and I get a picture of him, and he's leaning down, you know, kind of crouching on the ground next to the bird, and he's kind of got his head almost resting on his knee, and he just got his hand on on the side of that mm-hmm. bird, you know, and it just and he didn't know I took the picture, and it was just you can just clearly see him paying homage and respect to that bird mm-hmm. yep. you know it was it was really it was we went hunting with mitch he got that doe and yep he yeah. did you know he yeah, really he, thanked god for that yeah. for yep. that bounty you know he and, did he thanked god and he thanked the, the deer for it mm-hmm. it's pretty cool yeah. i think that just as a as a quick like uh not an aside but uh, an additional note i think i've brought six or seven different people into hunting mm-hmm. and uh you know a few of them have done well and have continued on with it and now are like doing another call me and they'll send me pictures all that kind of stuff and one of my friends clayton uh he's in he's from here but he, he married uh, a gal from michigan so they're there with their family and it's where they chose to plant roots but he still comes here now for for deer hunting camp for gun and the first doe he ever got was on public land that we picked out the spot for him and and he's in this zone where there's no there's no coverage for cell phone service at all and so we, Mike and I were kind of like, we should probably go check on him and see how he's doing. So we, you know, head over there and he's standing in a spot, just kind of like pacing a little bit. <laughs> What's up, man? How's it going? He's like, I, I think I got, I think I got one. Uh-huh. I'm like, what do you mean you think you got one? Did you get one or what? He's like, well, I saw some come through this morning, across the creek on the other side of the opposite ridge. He's in this V kind of along this creek bed. And uh, he's like, I shot. And then I, I think I missed, but I think she just kind of fell over. I'm like, well, that means you got her. Let's go look. And we go over there and we couldn't find the bullet hole at first. And I was like, what'd you do? Scared of death? You know, like what happened? <laughs> we eventually found it, but it was really weird. We're like, what did, what did you do here? You know? And, uh, but then at, at that point I, I showed him how to gut it and some of the field care stuff. And I yeah. said, well, I'll, I'll gut it for you, but I tell you what, buddy, you're dragging this thing out. Right. And that was where he's like, man, this is, this is difficult. Oh yeah. Well then the next time he came up with us, he got his first ever buck, which is now mounted. And it was a beautiful buck, a 10 pointer, oh, wow. uh, real thick brow tines, like a huge trophy for this particular plot of land that we're hunting too. Like I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's, he had texted like, oh, I got one. I said, what'd you get? And he said, a buck. I said, Oh, cool. And then he sends me a picture. like, Whoa, dude, that's a, that's a buck. <laughs> like yeah. the, and uh, so just super cool that now he's gone twice and deer bull times and he's like totally infatuated with hunting now. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So anyway, just seeing that stuff, hearing that stuff, there's a, there's pride that comes from it's, I wouldn't say it's like being a parent, but it's kind of like you, you help someone get to something that we know we love, you know? Yeah. It's and- a reminder as to why we should like be open about this stuff and not 
be guarded. Right, right. In in chatting with Andrew, Andrew said it best. He said, "Look, there's there's three barriers, man. It's it's access, yep. knowledge, and equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's well and, stated. Yeah, very well stated. And he said, I would I might have, add community to that too. If you don't have sure. a strong community, it can be hard yep, too. Yep. He said, I would have never harvested a turkey had it not been for you. He, you know, because I got him access you know, on a private farm, you know, in you know Trumple County." Um, I had all my gear, you know, which is fine. And, you know, we, I, you know, utilized, you know, my knowledge and, you know, but Hey, look, man, he still executed, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. he sat four and a half hours in a turkey blind all morning. That Never heard tough. a gobble. Never heard a gobble, you know, just getting ready to move. Yeah, really we didn't. We, well, we <laughs> went at the latest possible time and sometimes yeah, I, you hear gobbles yeah. on the last weekend and sometimes you don't. Yep. And we just happened to be in the worst place we could be. Yep. So yeah, he uh, and then and then we heard a got we heard a couple of gobbles, and I said, I think those birds are close. I said, I think they're coming down the high line, and the next thing you know, they were in the field and walked right in the decoys. Well, that's and, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, you know, so so it was cool, but uh, that was you know one of my fondest memories in, in the outdoors. You know, was was taking him on that hunt. And then um, he also, we also did a squirrel hunt this year. That was a hunting common uh, outing. We called it Squirrel Fest. That's um, fun. Yeah. Squirrel hunting is oh, just fun. We just had a ball. You know, we had, I think we had six or eight hunters out there. And uh, we broke off, we had six because we broke off uh, three and three. And um, just had a ball chasing squirrels. Tony is, uh, he's a he's a member. He's one of our most active members on, on our page. Okay. And uh, he's likely going to step in and help out with some leadership things. Um well, I, I'm going to have to step away from the Wisconsin chapter probably and, and do some, some more work nationally, help out some of the other chapters. So I'm going to probably turn it over to Tony, and um, which he's fine with that, and he's the right guy to do it. But uh, we did a squirrel hunt on his place. He's got a, he's got a really nice, beautiful little little property, him and his dad, uh, Richie, do. And we did a squirrel hunt over there and a chili feed and just oh, cool. a beautiful October morning. Yep. and. You know, it was just a, it was just a blast. We got, I think we ended up with four squirrels and, uh, Andrew got to take all those home with him. He got a couple of them. And then the other guys were like, look, man, take these home and feed your family. And he sent a picture that night, you know, we cleaned them and he sent a picture that yep. night of the squirrel feed with him and his wife and his, and his two young kids. And, hmm. you know, once again, just something really cool that has come from all of this, which it was just something so simple as Juan Carlos writing an email. Yeah, go figure, huh? The, you know. the way that that stuff kind of comes together that way. It's yeah. <clears throat> but if you're not in it and doing it, those types of things won't happen. Right. So you know, yeah. even us doing this stuff and talking to you, like, who knows? Yeah. Where this will take us, right? Every yeah. every show we do, it's another person we get to meet and get to know and mm-hmm. learn about. Um, well, that's what it's all about: is yeah. trying to involve everybody in the community. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's it, yep. it, everybody. To, to everybody. your point, so uh, it was access uh equipment equipment and knowledge knowledge maybe the very front of that it's mentorship and on the very back end to keep people there it's community right i think those Mm -hmm. are some key ingredients we talked with um oh gosh i can't think of his name right now but he's he was jordan uh i think jordan scion or he was a big no a different one um and oddly enough they were back to back and their names are super similar so that's probably why i'm struggling but he's the big fitness guy where he's got, he had like, you know, uh, whatever, 8 million followers on social, mm-hmm. but he had, he had gone hunting for the first time ever. And then he lost 
like several hundred thousand followers because they're like, I can't believe you're killing animals. Right. Um, but he's like, well, I mean, I really want to like, he talks a lot about your relationship with food. He's like, I really want to know where my food comes from. And I want to have, I want to participate in that. So he went mm-hmm. hunting and uh, he was new to hunting and, and he didn't have a community there to, to then support him. Yeah. So I think, you know, bringing him on our show and kind of introducing them some things, I, hopefully that's helped him a little bit. I remember that show. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed that episode because it, it was cool to hear him he's not a hunter so the way he even talked about things the terminology used the vernacular and all that stuff wasn't how like us hunters would talk about it but it's good to hear that other perspective that look not everyone knows this stuff we take it for granted that we've been doing it for so long maybe our grandpa taught us or our dad or our Mm -hmm. uncle or whatever it's like some people just learned about it yesterday right (laughs) you know it's it's very interesting i i one of the turkey hunts that i mentored this spring i did a bunch of them this spring um but i had a gentleman who it was his first hunt ever Mm -hmm. and i mean to give you an idea how green this guy was he missed the target with a full choke 20 gauge at 20 yards ouch missed the whole thing missed all of it so what happened didn't know how to shoot a gun no yep didn't know how to shoot a gun didn't know how to aim it didn't know how to aim it which was fine and so I, t- I watched him. I talked him through it. Fourth shot. He doesn't have mentorship. Like, that's not happening. Then. Yep. You know? You're not going to go to a gun range. That's an intimidating place to go if you've never shot a gun. This this, this guy was so intimidated by, by what was going on around him. And we just had to make him comfortable. We just had to make him, you know, understand that it's okay to not know this stuff. Yep. It's okay to not know it. Yep. And with the group of guys that were there, I mean, those myself – I've been hunting for better part of 40 years. There was another guy who was just about the same. There was another guy who was, was probably 50 years. So, I mean, we had some, you know, there was just some a diversity. lot of experience, yeah. you know. And this guy, he was just, I'm like, don't be nervous, man. It's okay to not know this stuff. That's what you are here for. Yep. We'll teach you. Mm-hmm. Who cares if you can't make a. That demeanor in and of itself is what helps so much. Yeah. Because you need to feel comfortable. Because yeah. it's a vulnerability at that point. Yeah. No one wants to go do something they've never freaking done before. Mm-hmm. I suck at golfing. Am I going to go golf with them and feel, you know, what's going to suck for me? Right. And they're like, Jesus, man. But if someone said, hey, let me show you how to swing a little bit. Keep yeah. your eye on the ball. You want to hold it like this, lock your thumb, whatever it is. If there's not someone doing that for me, I'm going to say, you know, you guys are assholes and I'm out. Yeah. But it, usually someone's going to be helpful enough or the group will be to yep. get you there. You need because, the right community around you. Yep. 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 And again, uh, Waddell talked about this walking to a snowboard shop. Yeah. Yeah. Know, and compared it to an archery pro shop. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, there's someone walking to a pro shop yeah. that's going to get shit on for this. Yep. So him and I hunted and he hunted his ass, his ass off that morning too. I mean, I give that, I give that young man credit, you know, for never, ever getting, you know, going in, in the woods ever hunting before. You know, we hiked up, we was in Driftless Country, mm-hmm. you know, we hiked and it was steep, you know, we hiked up this hill at 4.30 in the morning and he kept up and it's dark and he did a great job and we climbed in the blind and, you know, we sat there and <laughs> it was one of those mornings where just about everything went perfect, man. The birds started sounding off, they hit the ground, they were gobbling all over. <laughs> I called in to Tom, I called him in once over here and he never showed himself I called him almost directly behind us. He didn't show himself. And then the, the third time I called him in, he couldn't have been just me on the other side of your wall when he gobbled. Sounded like he was in the ground blind <laughs> with us. And we never saw that, Tom. Hmm. But he didn't care. He said, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen yep. or ever heard. Yep. And I, I said something to him in the blind that morning, which, which I thought was pretty interesting. And we talked about it. We might, might've been at the start of the show, but, or before we were recording, just how we take a lot of this stuff for granted. Mm-hmm. 
um, I said to this young man, I said, look, I said, you spend most of your time in the city. He said, yeah, born and raised Chicago suburb, live in Madison. And he said, I get to some of the parks and the preserves, but <clears throat> he said, this is really my first time in the woods. I said, when people drive by the woods and they look up on a hillside from the road, they think the woods is this quiet, dark, desolate place. And this is as the sun was coming up. I said, I want you to do me a favor. I said, just sit here and listen. And I said, I want you to count the number of birds and the different sounds that you hear. Yeah, how fast they lose count. And he literally, within 30 or 40 seconds, he's like, I, I don't know how many I've heard. I said, isn't that something? Mm-hmm. And he had never experienced anything like that before. That you know? solitude and stillness that, that helps. Mm-hmm. I think human beings need to have some level of that. And, and there's a number of people that will do these things without hunting, and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Right. The people that go to the Grand Tetons to just hike and camp and bird watch and so forth. There's, I think that's great also. But hunting forces you to be not moving. Yeah. And that's different. If you're hiking, you're still passing through this stuff. You're still taking, I think a hike is fine. But if you stop and sit down on a freaking log or a hunting blind or you get up in a tree stand, that letting the world move around you for a second is a pretty rare occurrence unless mm-hmm. you're a hunter. Not only letting it move around you, Eric, but paying attention to it as Correct. it's moving around you, you know, because yeah. that's I, I the, the some of the best hunters and fishermen that I know, the reason they are that is because they understand what's going on around them when they are in the outdoors. I think it's great. I mean, some of my best experiences turkey hunting were, you know, didn't shoot a bird, came close, but I had all the hens right there at my feet. And there were more than, you know, there, there's probably a half a dozen to, to 10 of them. And I, there was a rainstorm coming mm-hmm. and I could hear them clucking and purring and making all the different sounds and vocalizing and just watching their body language. And it's like, they were there for five minutes and all of a sudden it's like, shit, they're going to lay down and take a nap right here mm-hmm. because the weather's coming in and they're not going to want to move around. And sure enough, they all bedded down around my decoys and here I had like 10 hens and then the gobbler was just off to the edge of the field sounding off and gobbling trying to get him to go over there and they didn't want to sure so he got you could tell he was frustrated and he kind of came back and then the rain came Mm -hmm. and then he just kind of tucked his head under his wing and just sat there and we waited it out it rained hard for about 10 minutes and then it cleared and then the hens got up and they did their scratching around feeding and then that gobbler closed the distance and came closer to me and then i shot right over his back so it's <laughs> good stuff okay it's moment okay it's yeah. moment but yep. you know what i got to hear vocalizations of real real live hens and how they sound and the noises they make and i'm, I'm able to you know duplicate that mm-hmm. and it, it was pretty educational yep. well, and prep for turkey season for me i went and bought every call you could find i got crow calls and owl calls and squirrel calls and i was like greg's like you didn't bring all that shit man and i was like but it's so much fun i called in crows the other day my wife's right. like wow i can't believe that work but now what like what do you think they're saying i was like well i don't freaking know but they seem kind of upset <laughs> like we were on a hike and you know i was going crazy and all of a sudden they all flew in i was like i feel like a sorcerer this is great you know, like I- having that feedback is really fun I think one of the greatest letdowns in the turkey world is that you don't need all the calls. You don't. <laughs> you don't need to know that many you calls. Sound, you sound at least like two different hens. Yep. If you can sound like two different hens, that's all you need to do. And you really only need to yelp and cluck. That's, that's really it. all you need that's to do. You need it's to do. the biggest and letdown. Got the gobbler, you know? It's the biggest letdown <laughs> no, in the world of turkey hunters. I'm like, oh, that's all you need to do. Yeah. Our buddy, we went uh, to a shoot at 
uh, our buddy Anthony Hellers uh, with Deervein. Uh, he he's got a property with 110 acres, I think. Yeah. Uh, out in the where the hell would you call that at? Dodgeville area. Dodgeville area. Okay. Really diverse property. Really fun shoot. Well, we had Matt Strime. I killed a turkey in the state park over there. Oh, okay. Governor Dodge. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I was there camping with my wife right after some like straight winds or tornado blew through and it was oh. decimated. In fact, I think at the time Walker was the governor and yeah. he came in with all the blacks or whatever they were, suburbans mm-hmm. or Tahoes. And we're like, he's assessing the damage. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, beautiful park. But we brought Matt Strine with us, who is the founder, co-founder of uh, Weathered Oaks uh, Game Calls. Okay. And he gave us a, well, he gave me a pot call. I think he gave you some things to test yeah. too, but yeah. he branded okay as Hunter and you start to turn this is freaking cool you know mm-hmm. I, I saw my wife's like are you gonna do this all the time all the time baby I'm like you know how much fun this is yeah. this. and so then i gave <laughs> i got another diaphragm call i bought another one for her and i said because she was making fun of me for gagging because i'm like well you know i put it in my mouth i'm like jesus how do people do this right you know and i'd like trim it down and, and i got used to a little bit and it was fine then she put it in her mouth and she, i was like see it's not just me right you know and then she was kind of she's like how did you do that i'm like well you practice a little bit and you'll figure it out. And I'm I'm certainly no pro, obviously, but even her just doing the the diaphragm call was like, what's well, fun? You know, this is fun to do these things together. Yeah. We can call each other here now. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and and that hunt that I did with that young man, he just couldn't believe how the vocalization and how those that turkey responded to it, and you know, just what he did. He just he came in, and I think if you just hindsight man then this year was a tough one for me i mean i i kill birds over decoys i kill birds without decoys mm-hmm. and man it was just kind of a 50 50 crapshoot all year long as to what the hell i should do with decoys or not do decoys or whatever and i did have decoys out that morning and of course every time you don't kill a bird and you have decoys out you say ah, i shouldn't have had the decoys out <laughs> yep. and every time you don't have decoys and you and you don't don't kill a bird you say ah, i should have had decoys out you know so i don't know if that made a difference or not but um but uh, th- that bird came in three different times and just would not come around the backside yeah. of that blind. You know, right. I didn't know the land. I lay the land that well, and I had the blind kind of set up and and not kind of it was in a wrong spot. I should have been farther up the hill. Had mm-hmm. I been farther up the hill, we'd have killed that bird. Interesting. Yeah. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yep. We got some some fun comments. I want to take a second to just read a couple off so people know that they're heard. Uh, smacking outdoors our buddy doug over there said you know what's a listener an email so that was from before <laughs> which yeah doug i'm i'm with you there buddy and then uh it looks like you got a current member of the i don't know you guys had a canadian division yeah we got guys that's one of our best Manitoba. chapters and actually you gotta is, they have an instagram feed too yeah yep um yeah that's that chapter's uh led by uh dave and um oh god i'm gonna forget his name now and i apologize but uh they're great they're great leaders up there um tim reimer and uh, great leaders up there. Those guys are doing a hell of a job up there. They just did a bear hunt, spring bear hunt. They had a whole group of guys in on a bear hunt. So cool. That yeah. ca- it's interesting. Like we keep getting messages from people in Canada. Like, can you buy your stuff? Can you sell to Canada? And we just message our accountant. We're like, hey, can we sell to Canada? Like, what do we have to do here? We're waiting for one more response before we can like light it up. And I'm excited to post the Canadian flag and say we don't it's, sell to Canada. But- why is it so hard to do deal in Canada? Greg's pointing to something here. Yeah, yeah it says he's. Manitoba reps listening to the podcast while wearing my okay oh you even got a hat how about that there you go so you so. must have convinced someone to buy our stuff <laughs> right yeah. you know uh to yourselves from from midwest mountain outdoors hunt works howdy thanks for jumping in tom decray he's a huge uh you go on go wild he'll, he'll be your best friend he's great yep. we saw him at the trade show got to meet him and his sons he, he lives right um, here in town so. yeah there tell joshua thanks tim reimer good job joshua cool yep. um i was just gonna say something about that oh you know so 
to, okay, it's a moment you missing that turkey and stuff. For those that don't know, like we have on our website a section that's called okayest moments. And if you click on that, it takes a second to load because there's an iframe that populates on the page. But you can submit your okayest moment or story. And we've been getting a good chunk of them coming through. We share those on our weekly email blast. Okay. So you've, if you're not subscribed to our email, you've never seen one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, we shared one as a blog post because it was it's like a 10-minute read. This story is epic. Okay. You know, it's uh, the worst and best hunt of his life is what the article is titled. And this gentleman goes through and accounts for this, honestly, like the best and worst hunt of his life. Uh-huh. Just chock full of errors. Uh, but opportunity and therefore that's the balance right like the oh i never got the turkey but i heard it and it was here like and that's good enough and that's exciting yeah you don't always have to kill something for it to be an amazing hunt Mm. no Uh, sometimes you can blow an opportunity no but it's still when you have an opportunity that's affirmation that you did enough right and then just fine-tuning that stuff it's like well i got to the green and i just got to work my putting game or whatever (laughs) it is i make golf references but i'm not a golfer Right. That <laughs> that hunt that we did that I took that young man on where I called the three birds in, we got back down in the morning. I was about 11 and a couple of people had some oyster mushrooms and a couple of morels. And they're like, well, there's tons of these up there. Huh. And the, I laugh and they took a side by side up there and they filled the back of that side by side with oyster mushrooms. Wow. So right there. Yep. You know, that's that success right there. That's I found a, some pheasant backs. They were a little ripe, but uh, they made great cream, um, uh, cream mushroom soup. Okay. You know, nice. so. Nice. Yeah. Like but, Greg will do. Every time I find pheasant backs, they're a little too far gone. Yeah. They, they, really, yep, they, I, that's like one of the last mushrooms I'm really looking for. Yep. If you get them that's right. A mushroom? Yeah. If you get them right, I got them. That squirrel hunt that we did last year where Andrew got the squirrels, I found some really good ones. Even in September, those okay. were phenomenal. Our buddy at Publicly Challenged, he's a huge like forager. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure he knows what that is. I don't yeah. have a clue. Yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, that was, you know, just a little bonus. You know, that hunt was, Absolutely. you know, just, just finding the mushrooms. But I'll, I'll end uh, talking about that hunt with that young man with, um, when we got done hunting that day, I asked him, I said, do you think you're going to hunt again? Do you think you're going to hunt again? And he said, you know, I'm not sure, John. He said, but this was really good experience. And the next day I got a text message from him and he said, Hey, thanks. Thanks for helping me. I really appreciate it. And if you wouldn't mind taking me again, I would love to go again. You know, so that was really cool to get from him. That's awesome. You know, so, so yeah, I'm hoping to get him back out, you know, start with a small game hunt with him and, you know, here again, the guy is, you know, looking for um, sustainable food because he mm-hmm. understands that, you know, where he's buying his food probably isn't the greatest well, place to it, buy it. If you, there, right. you know, there's a, there are enough uh, social channels now, like Field the Fork and, and Forest, all these something to fork, right? Right. Uh, exist. And, and there's some great content producers that are doing a great job. Like some of that's part of like, you know, an arbitrage of, oh, this brand needs content. They take pictures, blah, blah, blah. But. In, in the meat of that for the consumer, uh, there are good recipes and good things that you can learn about that stuff. Like the Meat Eater cookbook is actually great. And a lot sure. of folks, you'll get that cookbook and then you'll get, I got switch a camera, are so excited then to, oh, I need to go get a deer so I can try this recipe. Yeah. Like if you can up your cooking game, it, it changes your perception of what you can do here. It becomes a little bit more than all of the other things that make it so great, like the camaraderie and the experience and the stillness and all that stuff. Suddenly it's like, well, if my wife now likes venison, that's changed things because traditionally she's not. 
yeah. or hasn't. Yeah. Um, and there's some stories that exist there. One time I went, I'll, I'll say a small aside. I, I, we went ice fishing and my wife was like, you know what? I'm going to do. And I didn't know this was happening. I had no idea. So I went ice fishing with some buddies and uh, they were in town. I was to go ice fishing, whatever. And she's like, I'm going to make them venison stew. So when they come back home, they're going to feel like they're cold, they're sure. tired, they're whatever, they're maybe they're drunk, whatever. And they're going to have this great venison stew. So she took a roast and she cubed it, but she didn't need to do. She could have just, you know, glopped the thing in the, in the crock pot and just let it go. Well, yep. as a result, she's like, well, I tried to make you venison, but now there's blood everywhere. It looks like a murder scene in our kitchen, and I don't like venison anymore. I was like, damn it. Why didn't <laughs> you tell me? Bad. I would have told you not to do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like this really funny situation. Yeah. But uh, No, I and, and I agree with that, and, you know, I, I'm fortunate. I'm usually able to kill a few does a year, and for the most part, uh, I, I get I get less of the deer than I kill that my daughters get. So, yeah, yeah they they just they just love it, which which is good, but... Um, you know, so, so, you know, back to the hunt in common, just a just a few statistics, um, you know, so we've got over 5,000 members nationwide right now. And, uh, well, more than nationwide, apparently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Canada. We actually, we actually, uh, gentleman in, uh, Australia has a chapter too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, the boys up in Canada are doing a great job. So 5,000 members nationwide though. Those guys did a bear hunt. We did a squirrel hunt. Um, we had a, um, a campfire last summer out at Doug's and uh, we had, you know, people there from California, uh, Minnesota, obviously Wisconsin. Um, uh, AB came in from some East coast, Massachusetts, someplace like that. You know, we had, you know, 35, 40 people out there for that. And, uh, you know, that was really fun. We did, we did the squirrel hunt. Then this March, um, uh, one of our members, uh, he owns, a. uh, conference space over in lacrosse and he donated that that was josh gens thank you josh if you're listening and we had a really nice uh outing there you know a fundraiser had some food gave away some prizes um gave away a uh, member of the year for wisconsin tony won that so that was a really nice outing we raised some money for the organization and um i i kind of wished and as you know we're early on but the only regret I have so far early on with the organization is we haven't kept track, really good track of the number of mentored hunts that we've done. Sure. It'd be cool to tally that up. But it's hard because it's so grassroots and we have so many people mentoring people all across. I bet you if you put a message out to everybody, you'd probably get that figured out pretty quick. It wouldn't take me long. Do it sooner than later before, yep. you know, it's it, it wouldn't take me long. But we're up, we're up in the probably 250 range right now of people who have been mentored by members of the hunt in common yep you know so and and to me that's really that's important because we're not just a facebook community that's that's actually pretty critical to like the the now that's becoming more formalized and get the nonprofit Mm -hmm. formed and you're gonna like kind of get this thing tightened up a bit you know bni business networking international makes you freaking track every damn lead ever right so they can which is fine right but they assign a value to it and, and therefore, they can say this chapter has raised X amount of dollars in revenue based on referrals, which mm-hmm. is what they promote. And whether or not that's all closed business or not, it's just interesting. If you were able to say it or it gets complicated a little bit is that different states have different licensing fees. But if you were able to say that this many dollars in licensing was purchased as a result of 250 right. mentored hunts, and you could uh, like assign that to various chapters, mm-hmm. that's a pretty interesting to money. consider, you know, holistically what you're doing for 
the community. And if you go to our three movement, the recruit, reactivate and retain, mm -hmm. you could really have a huge play in that recruitment kind of uh, vertical where you're saying, hey, look at we this many people, this many hunts, these many states. These are the dollars, right? Yeah. And those dollars had a trickle down effect into uh, buying gear, buying this, buying that. Yeah. And so therefore, like hunting is now seeing an increase. And I think that's important because a lot of people think it's dying on the vine. Right, right. And the other thing the, that is happening with the Hunt in Common is other organizations are reaching out to us to help them mentor. The, the young man I keep talking about that, that I took that had never hunted before, that wasn't a Hunt in Common outing. That was a backcountry hunters and anglers outing, but because of the hunt in common, I got invited to be a mentor there. Sure. So that oh, was that's a, interesting. Yep. Yeah. So, so it's that like was a, a BHA outing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I've had some folks from uh, hunters of color reach out to see if we'd be interested in helping them this fall if they need mentors, in which we absolutely are. You I'll know. sign up for that one. By the way, like yeah, I, I know I yeah, please more that we can do to help. Yeah, like, we. Th this is not about the hunt in common being just it's us and us only right we're going to help whoever needs us if we can send members to a to a national wild turkey federation to a pheasants forever if we can send mentors out we'll do it because yep. we've got mentors you know and that's that's, and that's interesting what we so want to do can dispatch mentors out to other organizations yeah. i didn't even consider that for a second um you know there's I think of like a minor league and like silly, you know, league like the Savannah, Savannah banana baseball leagues, right? Where mm -hmm. how fun those is guys it? are. By hilarious. the way, it's amazing. And if you haven't read the book, by They're the dude in the yellow tuxedo, like from a marketing standpoint, the guy's a freaking genius. He is. But, and I got to meet him. He's, he's a seemingly good dude. Um, well, that's a whole other conversation yeah. we're going to have to have somewhere. He's great. <laughs> but to that end, you know, I think about some of these feeder things that are going on. So, like, I know Steph Busenbark with Woods and Water is doing a ton of stuff with females out in, like, getting them into archery. She's leading a lot of archery courses. I know that Archery Origins, our buddy Kyle uh, Mendiola over there, he's – lot. Some of, this thing, some of these things are, like, really aimed at veterans. Mm -hmm. And they're outfitting people. They have partnership agreements. Or they're a 501c3 nonprofit, Archery Origins. Um and they're getting equipment to outfit veterans with bows so they can learn archery. Mm -hmm. And like when I talked about the gateway before, like what is the gateway? Well, some of it's archery, some of it's gun, right? But now, what do they do next? Like, what do they do next? Where do they go? Yeah. Do they get mentorship? How do they get the whole life cycle of the hunt all the way to the, I'm going to bring it to my kitchen and put it in a cast iron skillet or the grill or right. whatever it is. And right. then I'm going to want to do it again next year. Yep. So that's the key right there, Greg. Yep. That's the key yep. is can we get them, can we get them to a point not only that they want to do it, but that they're the bigger piece is number two, they're comfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. right. Okay. And that takes a hell of a lot of time and a hell of a lot of effort. Sure. And to do and it on your own, willing like, to put that in. Even me, like it was a long time before I ever stopped having my dad do everything with me. Mm -hmm. You know, and by the way, I love those times. And those are like times I would never trade for anything. But at some point, I was like, Dad, can you help me gut this deer? And I have a YouTube up on a log <laughs> and a yeah. stump. And, and he's like, Jesus, you got to figure this stuff out, man. And I'm like, well, I'm trying, you know. Yeah. Uh, but now, I, you know, I can go without him. And at this point, maybe I'm like helping him with stuff versus the other way right. around, which is always a joke that he had. Somebody help me with this stuff. I'm like, that's, well, that's how we went. Dad, Dad's up here helping. And, yeah. then, <laughs> and then it just went like yeah. this. I'll gut your deer, Dad. You yeah. know, it's all good. It's all good. But I, I've got such fond memories of, of hunting with my dad and, and grandpa and <clears throat> uncles and and all the all the men mentors I had just by chance, just by growing up in the family that, that I that I did, and I understand just how fortunate I am. And that's what's important to me is to to 
I guess for lack of a better term, pay it forward. Yeah. That, you know? There you go. Yep. Yep. And and that's what I want to do, you know. And that's and that's what's really cool about the Hunt Commons. We got a lot of other people that feel that way. Um yeah. but we but we are mentee heavy. You know, we really are. So there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot more people out there that want to be learn. mentored. Yep. You know. And we'll we'll get there. You know, we'll get there and you know, we'll create mentors and you know, um, but for the time being we're a little mentee heavy, but when, which that's fine because you got a lot of people. It's like right. the Uber thing. You need drivers, yeah. need passengers, right? Yeah. You need mentors, you need mentees. Yep. And it's a little bit of a chicken egg situation, yep. but uh, hard to navigate to some degree. But yep. you'll, you'll figure that stuff out. And mm-hmm. the fact that there's an appetite to learn is probably a really good. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, it's 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 something that's that that's growing. I think there's I think it's it's really going to get big for us. And you know, we're, I'm really looking forward to this fall once we get the website up and running. What, uh, so what's your okayest moment? Okay. <laughs> You're like, wait look, a second. Look, 40, I was thinking me? about this on the drive here. 40 <laughs> years of doing this. Well, you might have a couple. But. Yeah. Um, and, and I honestly was thinking about this on, on the drive here, but um, I don't know if, if, if anybody has any questions that they want to type in about the Hunt and Common or, you know, it's www.thehuntandcommon.org. Um, you can find me, John Stelflu, on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. It's either John Stelflu or Jay Stelflu. So if anybody's got any questions, type them in. But um, my, my okayest moment. So, man, this one, and I'm not afraid to share it, right? Um, <laughs> well, but, no, at this point in your life, you're like, whatever. Right. This is about as, this, this is about as bad as you get. So uh, in, a, in a public parking lot not far from where we sit, um, I, I come out of the woods. It was the Friday after Thanksgiving. And there was a lot of people in the woods that night. Um, I saw doe and I, I came out. I was, I was, I was hunting. I normally hunt private, you know, where, where I grew up, but I wasn't going back there. And I just, I kind of wanted to hunt this public piece cause it looked good. So I went out and hunted it and uh, I didn't realize there'd be that many people there, but I did see a deer, you know? So anyway, I was making my way back to the truck. It was cold. And um, I had a pretty nice deer rifle at the time it was a winchester 7mm mag with a three to nine uh, loop hold on it so i mean it wasn't a cheap gun no model 70s aren't cheap yep and uh that greg's here to confirm this yep, i'd be and, like i don't know it's yep, <laughs> a beautiful iconic rifle yeah, yeah. and it was uh it, you know it was the first gun i'd ever bought myself and uh pre-64 bolt no so it's the same one my dad has. It's yeah. sim- it's like almost a carbon copy of the Remington 700. Yes. yes. A little bit tighter, t- yeah. t- much tighter tolerances. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. which is why Good I rifle. bought it. Yeah, yep. which is why I bought it. My dad's got one in 264, so yep. it's the little cousin to the 7mm. Yep. Same size cartridge, smaller yep. bullet. Yep. So this was prior to the laws in regards to uncased guns and vehicles and things like oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah, yep so. you know so and i mean back then you know you couldn't even have guns leaning up against your truck nope. on tailgates all, right. all that stuff right on the ground it went yep and so there was a tree leaning there so i leaned it up against the tree it was cold and leaned it up against the tree started the truck took all my gear off <laughs> put all my gear in the toad you know where this is going mm-hmm. I've done it. i know where it's going took too. took all my gears you know and uh got in the truck and headed home and uh my wife said, we going hunting in the morning? I said, nah. I said, let's go for breakfast in the morning. She says, yeah, it's fine. And I got, I got, and as I got home that night, I just shut the truck up and locked it up. And I'll get my gear out in the morning. Not a big deal. And so we got up in the morning. She said, we're going to go eat. You want to take the truck? I said, yeah, that's fine. I said, I got to get my gear out. And as I was walking out to get my gear, 
it hit me right then. Oh no. I left that damn gun leaning up against a tree and I came back inside and I said, we're not going to breakfast. She said, why not? I said, I left my gun leaning up against a tree in the public land. So I went back out there. It was about a 20 minute drive from my house and it seemed like it was four hours. And it always minutes does. To get there. It the was anticipation. It was killing just racing, God racing. awful driving out there, you know? And so I get out there, there's two cars in the parking lot and I walk up to where the gun was. And the one car where that car pulled into the parking lot, his headlights were shining right on that gun. And it was about eight, <laughs> it was about eight 30 when I got there. Right. So if they got there at six in the morning, you know, it's gun deer season or five 30 mm-hmm. in the morning, their effing headlights shine right on that gun, you know? And I'm not saying these guys took it, but there was a gun case in there that looked like it still had a gun in it. And my gun was nowhere to be found. And I left notes on both windshields said, I'll, I'll give you a $500 reward if you have it and you just want to give it back to me. Yeah. You know, never got her back. Never. Got oh her back. man, oh. that's brutal. So that happened to my dad, except he drove back and got it. And then the next year I did it. Yep. And I went back and got it. The most embarrassing, <clears throat> the okayest moment of this whole thing, if you will, was when I called around to the sheriff's department and the local cop to see if anyone had turned it in. Uh, the one guy said, why don't you call the Dane County um, uh, equipment locker to see if anyone turned it in, you know, or whatever. The lady busted out laughing at oh, me. <laughs> she said, do you really think someone turned in your dear oh, rifle? Oh, gosh. She busted out laughing. It's worth a try. That's the best like, call of her day. And, and I and I had to laugh right along with her. I'm like, yeah, look, I thought I'd try. So well, last year I lost her boots with this problem. Yeah, but I yeah, my so boots probably off, it... put my Crocs on, and I called Greg. I'm like, I think I brought my fucking boots at the yeah. at the lot or at this. And so, by the way, an organization you might want to check out too for like uh, finding lost guns. Well, sure. <laughs> boots, guns. guns. Anywhere I've been, just go there next, and you'll be in, you'll be like scraping up a lot of uh, yeah, you know, you'll have a lot of booty, a lot of loot. Pants, but maybe you'll be walking around with no pants on. Yeah, we, we donate, so we're two percent conser- two percent for conservation certified brand. What that means is we have to notari- through a notary. We have to verify that we've in fact donated to conservation, so one percent of our revenue. And okay. as we grow, that's getting bigger, which is pretty exciting that's cool um and one percent of our time which i forget the value they put on like 20 hours mm-hmm. a year for me and my uh, partner tyler that do this <clears throat> formally and then the organization one of the ones that we donate to is the Waukesha county land conservancy uh company okay and so it's a wcl AC, something like that but they are buying up a lot of land for conservation some of that land they allow hunting on some of that land they don't allow hunting on, but no matter what, you can recreate on that land year round. So if I want to go morel mushroom hunting, if I want to do bird watching, if I want to go hike and look for sheds, I can go out there anytime I want. But hunting is a little bit different. <clears throat> to that point, though, if there's land you're looking for to like bring some of these mentees on, mm-hmm. that might be a good opportunity to form another partnership because they're a nonprofit okay. and they have a aligned maybe interest there. Um, so one that we care about, maybe selfishly. <laughs> We want to give back as close to home as we can first, and as we grow, we'll we'll you know expand our reach there with some of that stuff. But right. uh, no, so check into that. If you haven't heard of them, check them out, please. Yep. And I almost uh, regret saying their name out loud on this podcast because maybe more people donate to like being picked or selected to hunt on their properties because it's a draw. It's a draw okay. system. Yep. So, <clears throat> yep. but not everyone seems to know that because some dudes just seem to show up and 
Oh yeah, I can hunt here, right? No, no, you can't. You can't. You gotta, no. you gotta get the thing. You gotta put in windshield. You gotta do the stuff. You gotta pay a lot of money. Like, come on, man. Um, anyway. Oh, cool. Well, um, but yeah, so we're excited to get this website off the ground. Um, really looking forward to the the hunts coming up this fall. You know, um, and uh, you know, growing this thing, and and uh, it's really good to have ben's horsepower behind it you know because he knows yeah, a lot awesome. of people in the industry You've grown a, a whole bunch already you know yeah. like i can't imagine where you're going to yeah. go from here with right the formalization of this stuff and like really kind of kicking it off mm-hmm. i mean ultimately our goal is to you know get, get some you know decent donorship dollars and hire an executive director and you know we've got we've got lofty goals we got lofty goals for this thing this isn't uh and you know ben cautioned me as we were doing this he's like john you got to slow down you got to slow down we got to grow this thing slowly because we can't let this get out ahead of us. And I'm thankful for his guidance. That's pretty. That's a pretty good piece of advice. That's yeah. hard for some people to wrap that around because it could. It could. It's a good problem. One of those good problems to have in business. Yep. But if it does start to outpace you, it can create a problem that you can't recover from. Right. It's a tailspin. I watched right. Top Gun last night, and uh, you yeah. know if that thing starts spinning out of control, you might not be able to recover it. That's exactly right. Yep. So that was great <laughs> advice from him, you know, all, you know, right from the get go is to, you know, just, Hey, slow down a little bit, John. Well, you know, we got, we got a lot of growth already. Let's get our arms around this and then let's control grow growth is good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is, you know. there's a fine line of balancing. Effort. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta ride the horse, so mm-hmm. to speak and saddle up. And yep. other times you can get the plane to cruising altitude and, and take her easy and start to yep. deliver some nice cold beverages. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think we're I think we're there right now. So I'm really I'm really excited. Well, cheers to that, huh? Yeah, we thanks. Do the thanks, the yep, oh. thanks for having me on, guys. Man, I appreciate it. Yeah, it you bet. Nice to finally meet you, Christ. We've been talking for a while, three four months. So we, we had to reschedule because yep. I was yep. sick. I don't know what happened. Like, yep. It was the chaos for me for a little bit there, but yep. uh, you all were very good, understanding. Man. So thanks for the flexibility. Yeah, all good. I'm glad to, glad to be in the studio. It's a very cool studio. So man, I'd love to come back on, give you an update. You Absolutely, know, three four or five months down the road. Yeah, great. You know. Don't bring Doug with you. No, just kidding. Right? That'd be a fun time. That'd <laughs> no be a fun time. Bring Doug with him. Yeah, that'd be yeah. a fun time. A little sharing the land, uh, hunting. Yeah, common. that'd be a good one. That yeah, would be good. that would be a long episode. You have to. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. So well, thanks for tuning in live, and uh, I'll end the live stream as you all know. This will be produced tonight, so everybody have a great night. See ya. See ya.